Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. mentioned I'm excited about honoring uh, Bobby Bowden uh, you know and and just you know all that he meant to uh, this league the game of football uh, so many young people uh, Florida State and 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 this game you know the Clemson Florida State game so you know a lot of great great uh, uh, moments uh, with Coach Bowden roaming the sidelines down there so uh, have so much respect uh, you know for him I learned a lot from him uh, and certainly his family. And then also uh, it's the first game that, that uh, Tommy Bowden is going to be back. Uh, he's not been to a game here since since he left, and I think it's a good opportunity um, to recognize and, and also show, show appreciation for, for all that he did uh, for Clemson, you know, when he was here as well. And so look forward to seeing him and, and again, just, you know, have an opportunity to uh, honor, honor the Bowdens there. Um, and uh, so our breast cancer awareness game is something that we always look forward to we get excited about um, our, our foundation it's a huge part of what we do and uh, really appreciate WCCP and, and the Tigers for Tata's campaign and uh, all that y'all do to, to you know help the cause it's 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 uh, truly saved lives uh, impacted people's lives welcome to Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland I'm Will Vandervoort on the other side of this mic is LeVon Kirkland himself LeVon man How's it going today? It's a uh, it's really it's a Friday, but it's also a game day preview. So it's game day really for us. Right. So how you feel, man? Yes, I feel wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. The weather is kind of not um, is not it's not doing what it's supposed to do. It's just kind of yucky outside. But other than that, man, I'm doing well. Well, good news for Clemson fans that are that are that are listening. Um, the weather is supposed to clear in Clemson. Um, it's going to be 61 degrees for a high today. So please wear a jacket, wear a heavy sweatshirt, mm-hmm. whatever you got, a hoodie like myself, LeVon, you know, I'm a hoodie guy, got my hoodie on right now. Yeah. Um, you know, wear something warm cause it's going to be chilly in the Valley today. But the good news is the chances of rain are very, very slim and been told that it's probably not going to rain. Um, so now again, we're depending on weather people and weather people are the only people that can have a job and be wrong and still get paid. Um, so, <laughs> so all the so, time, yeah. all, all the time. So take that into consideration, but it does look like from what I've seen and all that things are going to clear uh, tomorrow. It won't be like sunny blue skies or anything, 
Uh, there'll be a peak of sunlight, things of that nature, but uh, probably mostly overcast. But you know what? Every time Clemson plays Florida State, LeVon, mm-hmm. and by the way, Dabo Sweeney, you heard him coming in to the show. He talked about this week and, and what it means to him because they're going to honor legendary Hall of Fame coach Bobby Bowden. We had Tommy Bowden, his son, on the podcast yesterday to talk about all that, and Tommy's going to be at Clemson the first time since 2008. You heard Dabo talk about it, and so it's Clemson-Florida State week, and LeVon, and this is what brought me to this, every time Clemson-Florida State play, it seems like it's always an overcast day. Mm. I, don't, I can't remember when they play in Clemson it being bright sunny. I just – I can't remember. It's, it's always cold. It's always overcast or rainy. It's never, it's never sunny and blue skies. Yeah, I, that's kind of strange. I, I imagine that it <laughs> – I don't know what the guys are thinking about, but I, I guess they like to see that game in Death Valley be a little overcast. Yeah. And, because and, I know the couple of times they played in Florida State was always kind of sunny. Exactly. It's always nice, it's nice down there. Day. Yeah, yeah. remember Pump Ruski, the most famous Clemson Florida State game. It, rained, it was a yeah. rainy day. It was rainy that day. Uh, speaking of Pump Ruski, man, we were all faked out, dude. We were all faked out. Yeah. I went to, I thought, I saw, I saw the fake and I'm like, oh, it's going to the left. He had the ball in his hands the whole time. It was a great call. Were you on the field on that play? Yeah, I was on the field. Oh. I thought we were good. You know, I thought we were going to play punt safe on that. Yeah. And I think that was suggested, but it was like, let's go after it. And when they ran, when they ran their fake, man, I saw the guy pull. I moved with them. And it was, yeah, it great call. This so worked we, out for them. Were you, so what side were you lined up on um, when, when it, when it I was lined started? up on the right, I was lined up on the right side. Oh, so where Butler was? Actually went to the where, where it was ran. Well, it was run on their left side. Right. Our right side. Yeah, you were so, but you were on the right side, and Butler mm-hmm. ran it to that side. Yep. Oh. We were all fooled, man. We had we had no clue. Had no oh. clue. It was a good call, though. And it's amazing, Donnell Wolfer caught him at the two yard line. It really is. I, <laughs> I thought mean, he was. I thought he was in there. I think Jerome Henderson was the first person that saw it, and yep. he was behind. He was trailing. Couldn't catch him. And, you know, Darnell caught him. They actually ended up kicking a field goal and winning the game. And, and we know, had the momentum, and the momentum was on our side. The, the crazy thing about that is Dane Williams was the guy, the up man, who puts it under Butler's leg. And Dane Williams' son, of course, played at Clemson. Wow. Garrett Williams, the tight end. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. won two national championships here at Clemson as a starting tight end. Um, so that was Dane Williams. That's his son, Garrett, that was on the Clemson team. But Dane was the guy who took the ball. The punter did a great job faking it, by the way. He and did. then Dane took the ball and, like you said, under the legs, and then he played it off and rolled back like he was running the ball himself. And everybody, like you said, bought it. So here's the funny part of the whole story. I love Leroy Butler telling the story. So he says he's sitting there, and Coach Bowden, they practiced it all week, and Coach Bowden told Leroy, he says, listen, you got to wait three seconds before you take off. So you guys say this, yeah. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. He said he's sitting there and he's thinking, he's like, he gets the ball and he's like holding it and he's like, I'm hiding it. He's I'm hiding it between my legs. And I'm like, 1,001. And he says he sees Henderson coming to his left. He says, I just see him in my peripheral vision. Stop. Like, oh, gosh, he's got the ball. He says, 
1001. Ah, shit, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he said that's his exact way. He said that's exactly what he thought. He's like, oh, shit, I'm getting out of here. And he took off that, up the sideline. And That's and, kind of funny, yeah. And if he wouldn't have done that, if he would have did what Coach Bowden told him to do and waited three seconds, Henderson tackles him. Wow. So that's one time, don't do what your coach paid off. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you have to definitely follow your instincts. Yeah. So that's what he did. He just followed his instincts and it worked out for him. And it worked out and uh, the rest is history. He rolls the down the sideline. My mom had a heart attack because she thought the ball went over the punter's head. And she's like, we're going to win. We're going to win. And I'm like, no, mom, 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 mom. Yeah. Mom, yeah. 36 is running down the sideline. He's He's got the ball. How did he get the uh, ball? It's called a fake, mom. <laughs> it, it, it certainly was a hush over the stadium. Yes. I mean, it was going crazy because we were going to get the ball back. The score was tied up 21-21. And the punt rooski. It, it was a it, it was a ballsy call by Coach Bowden. Because he's at it a 16-yard line. That's what people yeah. forget. He was at his 16-yard line when he called yep. that fake punt. Now, the thing that really – and it's your teammate, and I know you love him, and, you know, he was a great player for Clemson. Our boy Vince Taylor, though, the play before that. Yeah. Oh. The ball beat him. We call that uh, when the ball beats you up. I mean, it bounced all on his chest, everything. I mean, if he would have caught that, it would have been over. We would have won the game. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You... I mean, it was like a pop fly. <laughs> he just missed it. But if you ever – Vince was such a – Vince looked like a bodybuilder. Yeah. He looked like a bodybuilder, so he's probably a little stiff. <laughs> and that's probably why he couldn't catch it. That's why he's playing linebacker. And, um, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it, it was what it was. Uh, there's a picture, the infamous picture of that. If you go down to the Clemson Variety and Frame Shop downtown, they have this portfolio of pictures that somebody gave them that the state newspaper took during the 80s and stuff. Uh. It's great pictures yeah. in there, by the way. So if you want to find some real unique pictures of Clemson football, it's the way to go. Um, but anyway, that picture, I went through it a few weeks, a few months back when I was doing my book mm -hmm. signing there. And Levon, the, the picture's in there, and it's like you see him dropping the pass. And I'm thinking, oh, no, that's the pass. That's the infamous drop because the next play is punt Ruski and Florida State wins the yeah. game. The rest is history. Yeah. As, as, uh, as, uh, um, Dino, uh, what was it? Dino Cook said, Bino Cook said, it's the greatest Bino. place since my fair lady. Um, because and it is, it's one of the greatest plays in the history of college football. It really is because of what was on the oh, line yeah. in that game. Uh, Clemson, number three in the country, Clemson wins that game. Yeah. You guys probably going to win the national championship or at least play for it. Um, Florida State, they they just got hammered a couple weeks back by, by Miami in the season opener, right? And mm -hmm. so they were, they were number one. Before that, they dropped all right. the way to number 10. And this is a game where they had to win to keep their Momo going, you know. And they ended yeah. up winning that game, and they went out, and they finished the season, you know, 11-1 and one after that. And, uh, you know, the rest is history for Clemson. Yeah, it, like I said before, it was a, it was a great game. Yeah. It really was. Uh, you know, it was two teams that really just battled it out, man, you know, and – I, I think that's what you want college football to be all about, man. There's enough scoring there, enough defense there as well. It was a it was a yucky day. But man, after that game, you felt you know, for college kids, a lot of times when you lose a big game, it's so tough. 
to recover. We did recover and we played well throughout the season. But man, we were so geeked for that game. We were so excited. And to lose it, it, it was kind of heartfelt. That one. That one really, that one, that one really hurt. That did. But hey, guess what? You got him back the next year. We sure did. <laughs> we sure did. We got him back big time. Y'all yeah. took him to the woodshed the next year. That score said 34-23, but trust me, it was not even that close. That game. It, it really wasn't that close. We just we just took control of the game from the beginning. The first the first kickoff, that first series, we went down and scored. Um, I mean, just a drive. We stopped them on defense, man. They couldn't really do much in that first half. They, and they, we, I think we gave them a, a field goal at the very end. But, yeah, we were we were after them that game. And I, I knew we were going to win that game. I mean, I you know, when you compete sometimes and you lose to the team the year before, man, the next year, sometimes you're so determined that you're going to win that game. Oh, you're so determined. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Coach Ford, did a, they did a great job getting us ready for the game. It was no doubt that we we're going to win that game, in my, in my opinion. And, LaVon, that was the first – the Florida State – here's what Punt Ruski meant for Clemson and, and what we now know with the rivalry with, with Florida State. Punt Ruski led to – because Florida State has their tradition where they take the turf and they uh, – you know, take that turf back with them on a bit on a road win against a ranked opponent. They take it back to Tallahassee and they display it with a little plaque and everything with the turf. They buried the turf there. That's the actual turf from Death Valley. If you go look at it, mm-hmm. um, they do it only against ranked opponents. Well, Danny Ford says, "Well, we'll one up you," and that's where the tombstone tradition that Clemson has, which now goes to wins over ranked opponents or on a neutral side over ranked opponents. That's where it starts. The Florida State game, you guys are the mm-hmm. very first one. Danny Ford heard about that, said, no, 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 that's a bunch of crap. He wasn't happy about it. And I think that's what made him uh, extra mad, if you will, that they were that they did that. And so he uh, he used that as motivation for you guys the next year, obviously. And the first Tombstone game was born. And uh, you guys started that tradition. So, man, you got to feel proud when you see that Tombstone sitting outside the facility there on the in the graveyard there by the indoor press facility. Does that make you feel proud to see it? I mean, because it's the very first one right up front, you know? Yeah, it, it really does because I know we started the tradition. And to go up there and to beat them in a fashion that we beat them in, uh, it was glorifying because they ripped our hearts out the year before. Mm-hmm. And to go to their place at night, primetime game on ESPN, and we were just on display that game. I, I think that's when people started recognizing our – our linebacker core is one of the best linebacker cores in the nation. Uh, they kept saying, like, man, this is probably the fastest linebacker core that you ever see in college football. And we got after them. We yeah. got after them, and it was uh, it was glorious. Y'all, y'all did get after them, man. If somebody, go, go to YouTube, and you can watch that game on YouTube. Trust me, it's there. I found it. I've watched it several, several times. Um, so go do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's pay some bills real fast. Um betonline.ag is our sponsor and we appreciate them every week and so uh just want to let you know they're back and better than ever as they got a new website interface for the start of the basketball season that has more props odds and lines than ever before uh bet online as you know remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season so head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 
Just use the promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V 50, to receive your bonus. Again, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V 50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and the UFC fight, use all those right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. So go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, first of all, we'll go ahead and start off, Levon. We just mentioned a little bit about Clemson playing uh, this week against um, um, against Florida State in a big game. The Bowden, they're going to honor – uh, legendary Hall of Fame head coach Bobby Bowden. They'll also uh, honor Clemson, former Clemson head coach Tommy Bowden, who ended his career with 72 wins, the third, the fourth most in Clemson history. Um, Dabo had some great comments about him yesterday about how Tommy really laid the foundation of this team, of this program, and that um, he's not there if it isn't for Tommy Bowden. And he really left Clemson in a better place than he found it. Um, and so it's going to be great to see them honor him, but we also want to talk about the, the rest of the conference. There's some big games this week in the ACC, and I think some big games, LeVon, that, that really kind of kind of help Clemson or can help Clemson. It depends on how you look at it. We talked about the other day that Clemson is uh, not out of the ACC race just yet, thanks to NC State's loss to Miami. That kind of kept Clemson in it um, a little bit. So, um, so the Tigers aren't totally lost, but yes, so we so got some other games. Um, we'll go down the list here real fast. And some of them might be in our, our pick three, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. you know, we know that's going to be big today, and uh, we'll give our picks uh, out there. Um, so, anyway, we'll start off with Miami is um, hosting – excuse me, going on the road on the ACC Network. They're going to play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. LeVon, that line is interesting to me because Pitt, I think, is going to have a little bit of a letdown this week. Um, because Miami, first of all, has played pretty good football. They should be better than they are. They should be better than three and four. They should probably be five and two. Um, right. And Pitt's coming off a game where, you know, they slayed the Giant, you know, possibly mm-hmm. knocked the Giant out of the ACC championship game maybe, right? So they're like right. on top of the world. They're like, hey, this is our conference now. We're going to own it. We're going to win the ACC which nobody would have thought at the beginning of the season that Pittsburgh have a chance to win the ACC. So here we are, Miami versus Pittsburgh, nine-and-a-half-point spread. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I the tendency is for when a team wins a, uh, a milestone game, uh, a game that should change their whole trajectory, you, you usually get a, a letdown for the next game. You know, they're young men, and a lot of times you, you tell them not to buy into it, but they buy into it. And they probably feel that they're the best team in the world. And some of them may go in there thinking that Miami is down and we're going to just we're going to just show up and beat Miami. But as you said before, Miami is playing better. And there's some games they probably should have won. They didn't win. Uh I think last week was a big boost for them to beat NC State. I think they're going to play Pitt very tough. Yeah, I really do. I'm, I, I'm not saying they're going to win against Pitt, but I am saying that I think I think Miami's going to play those guys tough, and it's going to be a closer game than most people expect. I, I agree with you. Check this out: big game in Atlanta, Virginia Tech three and four 
goes on the road to play Georgia Tech three and four. This is a huge game for both, but really, I mean, if you look at on the Virginia Tech side, that's a big game because Justin Fuente, you know, his job's in jeopardy. I mean, he, it really Ooh, is. He's on the hot seat. And then you go over and look on the Georgia Tech side. If Georgia Tech can win this game, LeVon, you're talking possibility of a shot to get a bowl game. There's a, wow. there's, there's a legit possibility there for them to get bowl eligible, which is a major step for what Jeff Collins is doing with that program. Um, Georgia Tech is a four-point favorite. That's a noon kickoff. It'll be on, it'll be on the regional sports network. What do you what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I think this game could be you know this game could be pretty close. But I, I see Georgia Tech winning this game. We said before, man, Virginia Tech is just one dimensional at best. They are just a running team. They have not found the found the passing game not on a consistent basis. And you know Georgia Tech, I think you know their defense is pretty decent mm-hmm. the defense is not bad you know so I, I think it's going to be a close game but i see georgia tech winning that game and if georgia tech can win that game it will push them to uh four uh three and three in conference play and that would be huge for the yellow jackets right now at the uh, about a little bit more than halfway through the season um in other games you got boston college on the road playing syracuse syracuse a six and a half point favorite uh you got duke going on the road and playing Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. The interesting thing about this game, LeVon, is Wake Forest is looking to be 8-0 for the very first time in history. Very first yes. time in history. Now, in 1944 was the last time they started a season 7-0. and Can you guess who mm-hmm. they lost to that year? I don't know who. Duke. Duke, wow. Boy, isn't history crazy? You kind of set that question up, Ashley. I did. I should have got that one. Isn't it crazy how history repeats itself? how it comes all the way back like that. Like here it is like that many years later and Wake Forest's situation, who's staring in front of them to get to eight. No, for the first time again, Duke. Interesting. Duke, yeah. I think Wake Forest will take care of business this time though. <laughs> yeah. No question about it. Duke was a little bit different under Wallace Wade back in 1944. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can imagine. So, yes. Um, so uh, other ACC games, North Carolina goes on the road to play 6-1 and one Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's on NBC. That's going to be an interesting game. And then uh, Louisville, here's a game I think Clemson fans need to pay attention to. Louisville's on the road, a six-and-a-half-point underdog to NC State. That's a 7.30 kickoff on ACC Network. This game's interesting, LeVon, because two reasons. A, Clemson plays Louisville next week, so you want to kind of watch it for that reason, right? B, right. If Louisville is to upset NC State, now Clemson's right there in the mix because I still believe Wake Forest is going to lose some other game besides Clemson. And and, and yeah, then you play really Wake see, Forest, so you're controlling your own destiny. Yeah, I don't really see Wake Forest just going undefeated like that. So I I I I definitely agree with your assessment. But it's it's going to be interesting down the stretch for the ACC especially for the Atlantic division for the very first time in a very long time, because Clemson has totally dominated that series. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm looking forward to the end of the year, especially this week. Yeah. It's going to be crazy end of the season. It's going to come down to the very last week. I, I really believe, I believe Clemson's going to be scoreboard watching when they play South Carolina and Columbia that day. I believe they're going to be scoreboard watching what's going on in the ACC because NC State and North and Wake Forest are going to be right there 
And what those teams do will decide what Clemson gets an opportunity to do maybe the following week. So we'll see. Um, but Clemson's not totally out of it yet. It doesn't look good, but they're not totally out of it yet. Uh, and by the way, I mentioned if it's two losses for NC State, Clemson, and Wake Forest, a three-way tiebreaker makes things very interesting, as I said yesterday or the day before, um, because then it's like it goes down to metrics. And by that time of the year, Clemson may have the better metrics of the three teams. And Clemson could get in on them technicality wow <laughs> that would be something else that would be yeah. some, something else if that happens we'll see it's the crazy acc this year why not um virginia though is the last game they play over on the west coast at 10 15 p.m uh, as bronco mendenhall goes back to brigham young uh where he'll play his cavaliers will play uh the brigham young cougars um on espn too i might watch that game after i get off work on saturday just to kind of see how that goes so that's uh what's going on around the acc uh we got uh we'll just go ahead just transition that now levon into uh what's going on in the, and uh, this will be when we'll get into our picks as well but the top 25 games this week um around the country let's kind of roll back onto that and um see if i can pull that up here real fast as we go here we go. We'll start off, first of all, Coastal Carolina. Man, they got a big win last night. I tell you, they, they, they had to. Uh, they, they came back and beat Troy 35-28. to 28. Um, So, good win for, for the Chanticleers to bounce back after the first loss against App State. Didn't let one loss beat them twice, and that's always a good thing. So, uh, big win for them. Number two, Cincinnati Levon is a 26-and-a-half point favorite against – Tulane on the road there in New Orleans. They're going to the Big Easy. What says you about the Bearcats? Wow, you know, actually, that was one of my picks. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was one of my picks. Um, you know, I, when you saw Tulane play Oklahoma, you, you were thinking, even though they lost that game, you were thinking, man, this is going to be a pretty decent team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they sure win a lot of their games, but, boy, they, they went down south real quickly. So um, Cincinnati had a down week last week. I, I like Cincy in this game. I actually like for them to cover. Wow. So you got Cincy plus so the, uh, minus ahead. the 26 and a half. Yeah. So you can go ahead and put that down as one of my uh, okay. One of my picks. I am writing it right now. LeVon, by the way, so people know, nine and three on the season, three and one with his locks. Um, I am seven and five. And uh, three and one with my locks. So if you're a betting person, go with what LeVon says. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, nonetheless, having fun doing it. I enjoy doing, you know, doing it, picking against the spread, man. It's fun because it makes you really think. It makes you talk about the games and look at it. And then you're on game days, you're actually like, okay, even though this game has nothing to do with anything you're really caring about that day, right? It makes you watch right. it where you're like, oh, I need to watch it. Oh, my – like we talked about the Georgia game against Kentucky a few weeks ago. We're both sitting there like, man, Kentucky, get the ball in the end zone so we can get that backdoor yeah. cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they helped me go undefeated for a while. So. <laughs> they did. So, um, so it's always fun doing that. Um, here's, a, here's a game, probably the game of the day in my opinion. Number six, Michigan at number eight, Michigan State. Noon kickoff on Fox. The Wolverines are a four-point favorite. LeVon, this is going to be a game I'm looking forward to watching. I'll be in the press box by that time in the Valley, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to have my uh, table set up right there in front of the TV in the press box so I can watch this game with all the food we get to eat. Right. 
Yeah, you guys get to eat all the time, man. It's probably one of the better jobs. You get to write, you get to love what you do, you get to watch sports, and you get to eat like three free meals in one <laughs> in one outing. So I, I'm sure you guys will be be happy about that. Yes. And, but you told me one story that you guys almost that they kind of wanted to take that away from you guys. That's true. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it was it was kind of getting in there, and so we thank Coach uh, Sweeney for stepping up and, and saying, no, 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 no. These guys, they need to eat. Uh, they, they're there all day long. They're there 8, 10 hours, 12 hours on a game day. You guys need to give them – you need to make sure you keep giving them food. And uh, Because the other events like basketball, baseball, and all that, we just get vouchers. So we go to the concession stands. And that's nice of Clemson to give us vouchers because they don't have to do that. So $10 voucher, I'm not going to complain about. But Coach Sweeney's like, no, we need to give them a meal. You need to give them a meal. And so he, he kind of stepped up for us that off season and kept it that way. And they've kept it that way ever since. And so thank you, coach Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's a plus. <laughs> but why would they want you guys? They were, they were trying to cut back that badly. They're just trying to save money, man. You know how it is. You, you, you try to cut back anywhere. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I guess how much we eat is, is a big, it's a big, Somebody, <laughs> you know, who was the person that pointed that out? It was like, those guys are eating entirely too much, and we need to cut that budget. <laughs> Have you seen Will Vanderbilt? He's gotten fat. <laughs> we're helping Will here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to take care of their health and well-being, and by them eating six hot dogs is not doing it. <laughs> I know we laugh, but we're serious. I mean, some people probably do eat six hot dogs while they're there. Uh, it's like Larry Larry Williams uh, for the uh, for the another Clemson website, uh, ty, um, Clemson, uh, Tiger Illustrated, excuse me. He, uh, he always, his joke was, he's like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and eat my second meal today. <laughs> we just ate. He's like, I'm gonna go get my second meal because at halftime they serve us another meal. So he's like, I'm gonna get my second dinner. Um, and that's what it's like. It's like we get a couple of dinners. So Larry's popular. That's a popular joke. We all say at the press box. It's time to get our second dinner. Yeah. But Hey, so we but appreciate you guys it, are in the press box. About what time? If it's a 3.30 game, what time are you guys actually in the press? Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, I'll be in the box by 11.45. And so okay. – so, um, and then I, Almost I won't – brunch? Yeah, and I won't get out of there till so, like, say the game gets over at 7.30, um, which is generally the case of college football now with four hours. Uh, game gets over at 7.30 with Dabo. We don't get done with press conferences until, like, around almost 9. So, so, it's yeah. 9 o'clock. So, we're not getting out of the press box till like, after 10 oh you guys deserve to eat so yeah so we're there that's why dad was saying we're there 11 12 hours you know and yeah, so yeah uh you know and then we come home so yeah i mean i won't get home till like keep 10 the hot dogs though. coming just keep them coming man the hot dog yeah. the ice cream is the best part man at halftime yeah. they, they give us the hot dogs and all but then they bring in a thing a cooler of ice cream a refrigerator cooler of ice cream and it's filled to the rim of on of ice cream whatever wow. ice cream you want it's like <laughs> there's like seven or eight different kinds in there and it is so, out of the So world. that's why most most uh, reporters or writers are kind of like chubby guys. That's that's part of it, yes. Now, I, I won't I blame it all on the school. I mean, we still should exercise and take care of our own selves. It's also, uh, we don't have to eat it. You know? But you're tempted to eat it. Yeah, the environment <laughs> says, come eat me. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the, the deal when, you know, and I have young people that ask me that want to get in the business like, well, what's the benefits of it? And I said, well, you know, a couple benefits all the time. A couple of benefits is, you know, it's uh, you get to do something you love to do. Number one benefit. 
Number two benefit is you get to um, you get a lot of free things, and then and then you get plenty of food. They take care of you. So there's a saying: if it's free, it's for me. And that's yeah, kind of exactly. I think that's the motto of sports writers. You know, we yeah, just give me of, three. Yeah, give me three of them. Give me three meals. Give me yeah. give me some popcorn. Give me some exactly. uh, give me some soda. What whatever's yeah. there, you know. I try to stay away from the soda though. I used to be right. they had True Moo milk in the press box. So Jeff, Ooh. if you're listening. And you know I appreciate you, man. You know I appreciate all you guys do for us. But, Jeff, if you're listening to this podcast, True Moo chocolate milk would be great to have back in the press box. I'm just saying. Okay. Just saying. I'm, make I'm, it, you know, make your request No. Yeah, make it no, man. Make it no. But we digress. So, LaVon, Michigan, Michigan State, your thoughts on that game? Oh, I, I think that's going to be a battle. That, that's really a close one to really call. I, I, I do believe. I, I know that maybe – I think Michigan is going to be – Michigan – Mm-hmm. I is, think that, is that Michigan the, State? Yep. Is that Michigan State? Yes, it's Sparty. Yep. Wow. Well, then I'm going to go with Sparty. Wow. Okay. If it's at Michigan State. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised either way. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do. And that's not one of my picks. I thought it was too close call. I, I'm the same way. I didn't make it one of my picks either because of that. I think Michigan, though, man, I think something's up this year. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated. But I think Michigan, this might be something special. This might be hardball season. They just they're just winning these games, like you know, and they're they they got enough athletes, I think, to make plays, and they're winning games the way you way you're supposed to win football games. Um, it ain't always pretty, but they find a way to win it as a team. And I, they I like I don't know I think they're underrated a little bit to be honest with you, Levon. And I think this is a chance for them to show they are they're not that they can be taken serious with Ohio State that maybe this is the year they challenge the Buckeyes for that Big Ten championship. So we'll see. I mean, getting over that Ohio State hurdle is huge, but Michigan State's been a hurdle for them also. They, they, don't have, they haven't had much success. Harbaugh has not had much success against Sparty, especially a good Michigan State team. So we'll see if um, that's the case tomorrow. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, number nine, Iowa is at Wisconsin, who's now won three straight. And Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, road team – Ranked road team going on the road as an underdog. You don't see that too often. We saw it last week with Oklahoma State going to Iowa State and Iowa yeah. State won. So, you know, I'm with you. I'm staying away from this one because I learned from last week. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from this one. But I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see Wisconsin win this game because usually Vegas knows something we don't. No, no question about it. And I tried to be a conservative gambler in a lot of ways. So when the game is kind of – Nick and Tuck, and you, you're not quite sure, I, I usually stay away from those. <laughs> I mean, they're challenging, but I, I kind of stay away from them. I, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, this is one of my picks um, I'm taking because I just like Baylor uh, right now. Um, Texas 4-3 and three at Baylor 6-1, and one, a noon kickoff on ABC. Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I like this pick, LaVon, because I think Baylor's going to win the game. And I like the fact that it's two and a half because I don't think they're going to win by two and a half points. I think they're going to win by, I don't think that they'll win by a point. They could, but I think they're mm-hmm. going to win by at least a touchdown in this game. So I think it's like a safe pick for me. I feel, I feel Baylor's the better team and they'll beat Texas. So I think it'll be a high scoring game, but Baylor, I think has got a little bit better defense. So I'm going to take right. Baylor in the two and a half points and, um, and see if I can uh, get myself a victory there. Um, so that's one of my picks for the, for the pick three. What do you think about that game? Oh, that's going to be a really good game, really good. But, you know, I just don't really trust Texas. 
to be honest with you, every time, every single time you think that Texas has arrived, they will blow it exactly. in some kind of form or fashion. Everybody talks about their high school football, how great it is in the state of Texas. I've done camps there, and I can be, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's, I don't know if Texas football, as far as players are concerned, is better than Georgia or any place like that. I think that uh, when you're talking about Southeast, that's where you find a lot of talented players. So I, I really never really got into the hype of Texas. I know their programs are probably better and well and probably better funded because they're crazy about high school. But the players that come out of there, you know, they're you know they're okay. They're okay. They're they're not a big deal to me, but. I just like Baylor, just like you said. You know, the defense is pretty good. And, again, I will just repeat myself and say that I just don't trust Texas in a big game. I'm with you right now. And we'll see if uh, Steve Sarkeesian can change that here as the years go by. He's just in year one. But right now, it's, you know, they've been, they've been Texas so far. They're four and three. They are they always who they are uh, at yes. this point in time. So, um, now, I forgot to mention this earlier. We talked about the Miami game at Pittsburgh. Miami, LeVon, I forgot to mention, it is one of my three picks. I okay. like this matchup. Not only is it a hangover game for Pitt because they just play Clemson and there's always a hangover for the team that plays Clemson the next week. That's just a fact. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I think there's going to be a hangover effect. Plus, LeVon, Miami matches, good up, matches up well with this Pitt defense. Clemson, I thought, matched up well with them last week, and we saw that. Clemson had opportunities downfield, just didn't make them. They just didn't make the plays. Miami's got some – Miami's not having issues moving the ball down the field. You know, Miami's having issues stopping people. (laughs) That's where their issues are at. They're not having issues scoring. Their offense (laughs) is moving the ball on everybody they play. So, I think Miami can put up some points and put up some numbers. I think Pitt has a hangover. I'm with you. I don't think Miami wins the game. But I think Miami gives Pitt some fits, and this game is going to be closer than the nine and a half. So I'm taking Miami plus the nine and a half over Pitt. Um, And that is also my lock of the week. Okay. And and, and listen, my family's got Pittsburgh ties and all, so I'm kind of been pulling for Pitt the rest of the way if if Clemson's not there. So, you know, want to see Pitt do well. So I'm going against my uh, heart here. (laughs) Sometimes you have to. But sometimes you have to. So – Iowa State, by the way, we talked about them earlier. They're now ranked number 22. They go on the road to Morgantown. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Mr. Jekyll and Hyde, West Virginia, who's three and four. And, LaVon, I mentioned Jekyll and Hyde, West Virginia, because they're Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what to expect from this team from week to week. Um, what do you think about this uh, game? Yeah, I, I don't think uh, West Virginia is uh, up to the challenge, to be quite honest with you. They are kind of, you just never know. And I hate teams like that, that you just can't depend on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and West Virginia is a team you just really can't depend on. You can't. You really you can't. can't. Uh, they've had some really nice teams in the past, but, yeah, I just don't see them getting it done this week. I'm with you 100%. Um, I, I like Iowa State in that game, too. Uh, the uh, big game in the SEC is down in Jacksonville. It's the world's largest outdoor Cocktail party is number one, Georgia. Uh, first time coming into this game, LeVon ranked number one in the country since the famous uh, Munson, Larry Munson call, run, Lindsay. 
<laughs> Ron yeah. Lindsay. Uh, and so uh, since that famous call um, in 1980, um, and they're playing a Florida team very similar to that year that's sort of average at best, trying to get bowl eligible, trying to just stay in the SEC race. Um, Georgia is a 14-point favorite at games on CBS. Florida runs the ball very well, but they're not very good efficient at throwing the football. I think that's a disaster waiting to happen with Georgia. What do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, this is one of my picks, of course. Okay. I, I, I think if um, anytime you try to run the ball on Georgia, you're going to have problems. That's their strength. They, I think in order to beat Georgia, you have to pass the ball all over the yard. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, then you're going to be in slight trouble. So that's where I see that Florida is going to struggle. And they've been struggling all year. I actually got – I take Georgia with the points on this one. I know – I think they were 14. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia on that to cover. All right, so yeah. you got Georgia minus the 14 over Florida. Correct, correct. All right. And I, I think – I still – I don't know – I don't know if Georgia is a, you know, dynamic on offense, but they're efficient. You know, they got a good offensive line. They run the ball pretty well. Bennett is kind of hot. I think now, I think the question with Georgia is how does Bennett play? If he's a little inconsistent, they, they will struggle. But I think their defense, they turn the ball over. Uh, they're really just, they're just playing like an NFL team you know, uh, NFL development team. So I, I just, I don't see where Florida is going to win this game. I, I think Georgia, they have a lot to play for. I, I feel like they're focused in, focused in on getting to that championship and taking it all the way this year. So yeah, I, I, I'll be shocked if Florida uh, stay within 14 points. I'm with you hundred percent. I think this game is going to be Georgia all the way. Cause I just don't, I don't see how Florida can, you know, run the football consistently against Georgia and uh, they got to throw the ball and they haven't been able to do that all year. I mean, that's why they lost to Kentucky. That's, that's why they ultimately lost Alabama because they couldn't make those one or two plays. I mean, you look at that play on when they had a chance to beat Alabama there at the end, go for two, you know, look at the call they made. I mean, it was just like, why'd they make that call? Because they didn't trust throwing the ball. You know, he didn't trust it. And so, I mean, I, I thought that was the worst call ever. It was. And so, um, but I think because of their inconsistency throwing the ball is what caused that play to be called. And sure. uh, I think there's something to that when you watch them. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Georgia rolls in that one. I know Georgia fans are nervous because it's Florida and they've always had this jinx against Florida here the last 20 years or so. But Georgia, don't, don't worry. You're way better than Florida. No yeah. need to worry. No need to worry. You're going to win that game. Um, Texas Tech's five and three fired their coach on Monday. Um, they're at number four, Oklahoma. The Sooners are a 19-point favorite. Last week, they just kind of slept their way through a victory over Kansas. Uh, LeVon, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? Do you think the Oklahoma Booner Sooner comes out and be a little more focused this week? Well, they really should be. Uh, I'm telling you, they have played some tremendously close games. So, to say they're battle-ready, I, I think you, you have to concur with that. Mm-hmm. that they're battle-ready because they have <laughs> – they have made it close, boy. So, yeah, I think that'd be focused. I, I like Oklahoma in this one. Okay. I, I, I like Oklahoma in this one as well. I think they get to 9-0. and I still think Oklahoma, when it's all said and done, is going to 
uh, be playing for the national championship. Whether they beat Georgia, I don't know, but we'll find out. They'll definitely stress Georgia's offense out if they can defense out if they can play them. Um, yeah, no question. You know, they'll be the only team that could be able to do that. Maybe Ohio State could do it as well. Um, the next game we got is uh, Oregon two, Colorado two and five at six and one. Oregon, Oregon's a twenty-four and a half point favorite. I like Oregon in this game easy. Uh, I only think it's even worth us talking too much about. Uh, we've already mentioned uh, Duke at number 13, Wake Forest, 4 o'clock kickoff on ACC Network. Um, and here's the game that's next on my list, LeVon. This will be my last pick of our pick three. Number 10, Ole Miss at number 18, Auburn, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Auburn is a three-point favorite. LeVon, what in the world are people doing? Why is, Ole, why is Auburn a three-point favorite? Maybe I'll find out. Maybe – Vegas knows something I don't. But I'm taking Ole Miss plus the three and a half, and they're going to win straight up. They're going to win this game straight up. What do you think? Yeah, I can see that. It, the last time I saw Auburn, they, yeah, they they didn't impress me at all. But, you know, Vegas kind of know what they're doing. So I can see that. But I also see your point as well. They are, they're in my top ten, and they can score points, man. Lane Kiffin – has done a pretty decent job with this team. And I can see them going into – is it going to be at Auburn or – It's going to be at Auburn. It's going to go – it's going to be on the Plains. Well, that that's going to be a little bit – that's going to be tough. That's mm-hmm. going to be tough. They're going to have to really withstand that first-round punch, you know, that first-quarter punch where the team comes out probably energetic and probably high as a kite. But if they can get through that storm, I see Ole Miss winning this game. Yeah, and remember, this is a big game because for Auburn – you know, Ole Miss only has one loss, but it's to Alabama and the conference. Mm-hmm. Auburn has a couple losses, but um, I think well, I think they got two losses. Let me look here. To, let me look at that. Um, I know they got two losses overall. I think both losses are in the SEC. No, only one loss in the SEC. That's right. One loss was to Penn State. So Auburn is sitting there, LeVon. If they win this game too, they're sitting there with one loss of the conference, and they play Alabama at the end of the year, possibly – for the right to go to the SEC championship game. So this is a big game for Auburn and, and for both teams to stay in the SEC West race with Alabama, who also has one loss. But Ole Miss is behind the eight ball because they, they lost the head-to-head. So Auburn has a chance to control its own destiny with the win over Ole Miss here. So it's a big game, but I like the running Rebels in this game as well. Uh, number 12, Kentucky, um, probably, in my opinion, the second-best team in the East without a doubt. Uh, they go on the road to play Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a one-point favorite. This is an interesting game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mississippi State upset Kentucky in this game. What do you think? Oh, God. I, I, no, I, I think Kentucky's going to win that. I, I don't see the upset going on in that okay. game. I, I think Kentucky is a pretty solid team. I like what I saw against Georgia as far as the offense is concerned. Um, maybe that's a little trouble there on defense, but they've been, you know, besides the Georgia game, they've been playing pretty well. So I like Kentucky to win this game. All right. right. Straight up. All right. I like it. Um, I'm a little apprehensive, but I think Kentucky's the better team, but playing in Starkville with those cowbells and all that stuff. Oh man, those cowbells. Yeah. Those those cowbells are annoying. Um, that, That makes things tough. We'll see how they do it, but. I think Kentucky, I'm with you. I think they pull out a tough victory. That's going to be a tough one, though. Uh, Kansas goes on the road, one and six at Oklahoma State, who's coming out their first loss. Um, I think uh, I think the Cowboys come back and win this uh, win easy. They're 30-and-a-half-point favorite. 
that's going to be an easy one for them. Um, SMU, one of the surprise teams in the country. They're seven and zero. They go on the road to play six and one Houston. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Seven. That is another season. cage match. Ooh, wow! I can see Houston pulling up the upset on this one. Yeah. By the way, the line on this game is even. Even Steven. They they don't there know. Vegas go. doesn't know what to do. Right. So yeah, that's a hard you. one to call. That's a hard one to call. SMU with Sonny Dykes, and is he? There's rumors he's going to go to Texas Tech. How much does that distract his team this week? You know, all that stuff. Um, we'll see. I think he'd be stupid going to Texas Tech. SMU's got a whole lot more to offer than Texas Tech, in my opinion. Yeah. I know I know Texas Tech's in the Big 12, but SMU, though, is in Dallas, and you can in recruit. Big D. Yeah. Yes, man. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think SMU's the better job. Uh, that's going to be a fun game. 7 o'clock ESPN2. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Uh, number 20, Penn State um, is on the road. This is the big game in the Big Ten, on the uh, second big game in the Big Ten. Number 20, Penn State on the road at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are 19-and-a-half-point favorite. LeVon, I think Ohio State's just got too much offense for Penn State. What do you think? Yeah, and, and then you, you, you question what quarterback is going to play for Penn State. Mm-hmm. And that's been the issue. I think Penn State would have been better with the quarterback, the starting quarterback. I kind of forget his name at this point in time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had a fighter's chance, but even if he was playing in the game, I still think that Ohio State is a better team. Yeah, you, and you're talking about Sean Clifford, the Penn State. Yeah, Sean Clifford. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, they haven't been the same since he got hurt in that second quarter against Iowa. They just uh, yeah. they they just been horrible on offense. Lost to Illinois last week in nine overtimes. Neither team can make a two-point conversion. It was just a crazy right. thing. Uh, North Carolina on the road playing at uh, number 11, Notre Dame. We talked about that game earlier. Uh, Virginia is on the road playing twenty number 25, Brigham Young. Talked about that game earlier. And then the last game of the night at 10.30 kickoff, Fresno State at number 21, San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State's a one-point favorite um, in that game. Um, LeVon um, – I'm missing one pick. Did we miss one of your picks? I only got two for you. Uh, you know, I I got I, I didn't say you you mentioned it, but I didn't say I got um one of the, one of my picks is Duke versus Wake Forest. That's my lock. Oh, that's your lock. Okay, so you got yes. Wake. Where is that one at? You got Wake minus a sixteen and a half as your lock. Right. All mm-hmm. right, and I will go over that for everybody here over Duke. So, for me, I got Miami, and my pick three, Miami plus nine and a half over Pitt. That is my lock. I got Baylor minus two and a half over Texas, and I got Ole Miss plus the three over Auburn. Uh, LeVon has Cincinnati minus the 26 and a half over Tulane. He's got Georgia minus the 14 over Florida, and he's got Wake Forest minus the 16 and a half over Duke, and that is his lock. So, there are pick three for the week. And now we kind of go with uh, Clemson's uh, injury report as we'll go ahead and just uh, mosey in onto that as the Tigers get ready to play Florida State this week. Um, injuries have been the story of this season, right, LeVon? I mean, it's just ridiculous, yes. the number. Of, I kind of went through it yesterday. I won't go through all those again because all that doesn't matter, so I won't do that again. <laughs> such a long list. That's was, a long list. <laughs> it's such a long list. But I will tell you this. Uh, starting left guard Matt Bockhorst is out for the season. He tore his ACL last week in that loss to Pittsburgh. Um, I'll give you another one. Uh, DeMonte Capehart, wait and still see if his return or if he gets to play 
We might see him this week. Dabo says they're trying to get him back to playing. Uh, he's been back practicing for a couple of weeks, so we'll see if he's in position where he can play. Um, let's see. Tyler Davis, by the way, Dabo Swinney announced will be full go for this game. Last week they had him on a pitch count, LeVon. He played mm-hmm. 15 snaps, and Dabo said by the end of the third quarter, by the middle of the third quarter, he used all his snaps. And he said Tyler was mad sitting on the sideline wanting to get back in the game because he felt like he could help and probably could have. Um, but, um, you know, the doctors wouldn't let him play. So, But Dabo says he will be back full go this week. Man, that guy, dude, unbelievable how he comes back from injuries as fast as he does. Remember last year, hurt his mm-hmm. knee and came back like two weeks earlier than they thought? This week he comes back like three weeks earlier than they thought? That dude is unreal. He's a fighter, man. I like that guy. That's why I like him so uh, much. Yeah, man, I, I really like him too. <laughs> Besides, he's a really good football player. Yes. And Clemson definitely could use him on the defensive line. But, yeah, that's great. That's great news that he's going to be full golf. It sure is. Uh, tight end Braden Galloway, by the way, is out for the season with a separated shoulder. Uh, so he will not play, obviously. Uh, let's see who we got. Oh, yeah, wide receiver Frank Latson. He's out for the season now after he had surgery on his groin. Um, he will be unable to come back. Clemson will get back uh, Joseph Mangata this week. He was in COVID protocol. They'll also get back center Hunter Rayburn this week, who was also in um, COVID protocol. But they will lose Kobe Pace, uh, who is in COVID protocol. So Clemson will oh, end wow. up playing. And, and Dabo said yesterday that uh, their emergency court running back, their fourth team running back, is they're going to have Darren Rencher as the third one. So you're going to have Will Shipley, you're going to have Phil Moffa, and you're going to have Darren Rencher as your three running backs. That's all they okay. have. The emergency running back is Tyson Pupachon. <laughs> wow. And, well, <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't come down to that. Let's hope not either. So Tyson Pupachon is Clemson's emergency running back uh, this week against Florida State. Um, and then let's see, who else uh, do we need to mention? Oh, yeah, wide receiver EJ Williams will be returning this week, Dabo Sweeney oh, said. That's good. So that's good for Clemson's wide receiving core as well. And that is it. So there's our there's our injury report, uh, and it's a long list of injuries. There's yeah. I didn't list all the guys that are out uh, that were out previously, or you know, because it's just uh, Dabo said. I think he said in this game, Levon, they're going to have 14 scholarship players that will not be available in this game against wow. Florida State. So yeah. they're just they're really thin right now when it comes to um, injuries. Um, Get to a little news and notes here as we continue along uh, and get you ready for this game, Clemson, Florida State. Give you a little bit of – we kind of gone over some Clemson notes. Let's go over some a little bit of Florida State. LaVon, for the first time in the 69-year history of the Atlantic Coast Conference, Florida State's the first team to win three games after it started the season 4-0. That's a pretty good stat. To you mean 0-4? Like they start the season 0-4, and, and then to come back and win their next three games. No team in the history of the conference has ever done that before. So give uh, Norvell and his guys some credit for that. Um, the Seminoles have rushed for at least 200 yards in six of the first seven games this season and are one of, only one of eight teams with six 200-yard rushing games this year. The last FSU team uh, – the last time FSU produced, excuse me, at least six 200-yard rushing games in a seven-game span was in 1995 when the Seminoles rushed for at least 200 yards in the first six games of the season. Um, so that's uh, wow! I can't believe it's been that long. <clears throat> in that standpoint, wow. yeah. uh, in the 21 seasons from 1995 to 2020, Florida State had at least six 200-yard rushing games in season five times. 
That was in two, 1995, 2002, 2012, 13, 2017. Um, also, was the last year. FSU posted four 200-yard rushing games last season. Uh, the Seminoles are averaging 6.9 yards per carry in the month of October. That leads the country in average yards per carry in the month of October. FSU season average of 5.9 yards per carry ranks number one in the ACC and fifth nationally, and its 230 rushing yards per game are second in the ACC and 13th nationally. Um, so uh, definitely uh, they're going to cause some problems, headaches for Brent Venables and his defense running the football uh, in the Valley today. FSU has produced a 100-yard rusher in six of the first seven games of 2021, one of only seven teams in the country to have six different games with at least 100-yard rusher. Uh, running back Joshua Corbin uh, has four 100-yard games, the third highest total in the ACC, and quarterback Jordan Travis has two 100-yard games, the sixth most in the conference. The Seminoles have converted 16 consecutive red zone trips, scoring a total of 99 points. Now, that's going to be a good matchup because Clemson's known for keeping people out of the end zone. Um, so this is going to be a good matchup. FSU was one for one with a touchdown in the red zone against Louisville, six for six against Syracuse, scoring four touchdowns and two field goals. They were three for three against North Carolina, all three touchdowns, and they were six for six against UMass, five touchdowns and one field goal. FSU's ranked second in the ACC and 20th nationally with a uh, 73 0.1% red zone touchdown percentage this season. There you go. Um, that's pretty going to be pretty strong against a Clemson defense that's uh, the exact opposite. Uh, Florida State has been figured, has been flagged for five or fewer penalties in four consecutive games, the longest streak against all FSU opponents by the Seminoles since 1995. Um, so uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. FSU's average of 3.7 penalties per game in October is the second best in the ACC and the eighth lowest in the nation. Uh, again, shows you they're, they're doing – what are they doing, LeVon? They're playing – they're being efficient on offense and they're not penalizing themselves. They're not turning nope. the ball over. They turned the ball over three, 11 times in the first three, uh, four games of the season, right? They've turned yeah. it over three times the last three games. So they're taking oh, care good. of – Yeah, they're taking care of the football. They're not hurting themselves with penalties. That's how you turn things around. You know, Clemson needs to kind of take note, right? Um, oh, yeah, no question about it. I mean – you know, Clemson has been very consistent of being inconsistent as far as penalties are concerned, driving the ball, turning the ball over, hurting themselves. And that's something that, you know, in the last several years um, was not their M.O. It seems to be their M.O. this year. I don't know if that's a lack of concentration or what it is. I'm sure it's emphasized, but it really needs to be that, you know, we, we cannot hurt ourselves. We're playing at a level now that if we continue to hurt ourselves, uh, we may be four and four instead of four and three. Exactly, especially against a team who's playing confident like Florida State right. is right now. Uh, the Seminoles are tied for ninth in the country with five plays of at least 60 yards this season. Um, FSU's four rushing plays of at least 50 yards, three rushing plays of at least 60 yards, and two rushing plays of 70 yards, all ranked first in the ACC and are tied fourth nationally. Uh, in other words, they get, they got a lot of big plays, unlike Clemson. Um, the Seminoles rank second in the ACC and fifth nationally in fourth down defense with opponents converting only 25%, three for 12 this season. In October, FSU's opponents were 0 for 6 on fourth down, the most attempts in the country without, following, without allowing a conversion. FSU ranked second in the ACC and 11th nationally in red zone defense, allowing a score of 68.4% of drives that reached the red zone and has held its opponents to four of eight 
um, in red zone conversions in October, the best defensive stat rate in the ACC and the second best in the country. And with that said, it kind of goes with what kind of Clemson's going to see this week. Uh, we spoke with Clemson um, running back Will Shipley. Uh, we talked to him about the team being four and three, how they're handling that. And we also talked to him about how close he's been to busting the big run um, and that he's just really right there of uh, maybe breaking away and getting a big run. Here is um, Clemson running back uh, Will Shipley on what the Tigers need to do this week and, and how he can maybe have a big run this week for the Tigers. Yeah, everybody is is not happy with it. Um, you know, I think it's it's tough because, you know, we haven't had something like this uh, in, in a long time. Uh, so, you know, when you face adversity, what really determines, you know, your character is, you know, how, how you react to it. So, um, you know, had a couple close games, uh, had opportunities against Pitt. Uh, you know, I think our, our hopes are high, and all we're going to do is keep fighting because every chance we get to play on a Saturday is just another opportunity to, you know, prove everybody else and prove to ourselves that, that we can do it. And, you know, we've got all the, you know, equipment, guys, everything that we need, and um, we just gotta we got to make something click. Yeah, um, you know, I'm so frustrated with those plays, too. Uh, you know, I think on that first drive I got in, you know, outside zone to the left, you know, make two two really good cuts and uh, just just trip up. You know, that's, I think that's that's an easy touchdown, uh, you know, and to throw an interception later that drive. You know, just like I said, just another momentum shifter. Um, but, yeah, you know, just footing. Uh, I think just kind of getting back, uh, just, just a, a culmination of things, field being a little, you know, slick. Um, but, like I said, no excuses. I got to stay up on that. And uh, you know, bang my head on the goalpost. Um, just, just little stuff like that is what what I really need to critique, focus on the details. So, so like I said, um, you know, I can make those big plays for this offense. And instead of only being up seven to zero, um, you know, I score on that play. I score on the you know seam up the middle. Uh, we're up twenty one to zero. You know, game's a different game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm my biggest critic, and uh, you know, I, I stand by that. So, you know, anyone that anything that anyone's saying, I haven't already told myself. Um, and I'm, I'm going to make the you know corrections. I'm going to work my butt off to you know make sure if I get in that position again, I'm going to um, I'm going to be able to do it. All right, that's Clemson running back Will Shipley uh, as he spoke to the media this week. Levon, uh, you know, he talked about the confidence of the team and where they're at right now. And I think going into this game, man, if he could just get a run or somebody in that offense just get a big play, I think it would do so much wonders for this for this team. You saw it in the Boston College game, even though it was just that one touchdown they had, but it was a big one, and it really lifted the bench up. You could see how it just – they all got confident again, and they play confident the rest of the game. I think they just need that, don't they? They just need that big play to kind of get them going. Yeah, you know, uh, I think a team, anytime they're struggling, they need a really good start to get their confidence back. We've all said that Clemson, you know, they're right there, they're right there, and I know a lot of fans don't want to really hear that. Uh, quite frankly, I don't like hearing it myself, but I, I feel like, you know, a team like this that is struggling, if they can get that first 14 points in the first quarter, I think that will give their offense a boost. And also it, it helps the defense mm -hmm. when your offense is doing well, it allows your defense to rest and, uh, and, and get a blow for and once in a while. It's hard to go out there when you're going out there and it's three and out 
three and out every time in your offense. So I think if Clemson can establish himself pretty early, get that 14 points in a quarter, I, I think you're um, looking at a team that's like, man, they're they're coming back. They're, they're going to be right where they need to be. But they got to do that. They got to score some points, and they got to score some points early. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody keeps asking me, and I'm sure they've asked you too, what do you think the identity of this team is? And 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 I think they're trying, they're still trying to really figure it out. But I think last week we saw what this identity of this team can be. And I think it's a running football team. I really yeah. believe that. When you and and Dabo's kind of said that he's he's talked about how since the NC State game, or starting with the NC State game, they've sort of found themselves in the running game and mm-hmm. they're averaging almost six yards a carry. Um, he really likes these two freshman running backs. Oh, They're yeah. actually using the quarterback run more than they have in the past. You've seen both DJ and, and Pupachon. Um, and I think, you know, I think Dabo even mentioned yesterday that they were going to probably run. You're going to see Tyson, I think, a couple times in this game. I think it's going to be scripted that he comes in and plays. So he mentioned how you might see, you might see both quarterbacks in this game. So, and I, they, I think they like the way he runs his own read. I think he runs it a little bit better than DJ. Um, so, LeVon, I think, and you tell me if I'm crazy, but I think they need to start leaning on this running game now and just let this be the identity of what this football team is this year. Yeah, I, I think so because uh, they did it pretty well, I thought, against Pitt, especially early and really kind of throughout the game. I, mm-hmm. I, I was curious about why they kind of got away from it. I understand they were down 21-7 to seven and they needed to get some points on the board. I, I get that. But it was still pretty early. I, I thought they could have established a run uh, a lot better than they did. So, yeah, this team is definitely more so a run team than throwing it down the field. So they got to lean on that. They got some nice young running backs that can run the ball and run the ball pretty effectively. And they're just maybe one, you know, grass blade away from breaking it off. So, yeah, and I think when you can run the ball pretty well, it kind of helps your quarterback out a whole lot, maybe relaxes him a little bit. Don't You don't put the pressure on him as well. So, yeah, man, you, you got to run the ball, especially against a team like Florida State who's really not that great in stopping the run. You, you, I think you said it best uh, right there. You said it really relaxes the quarterback. I thought DJ last week when he was in those third and medium and manageable situations – he looked a lot more comfortable making right. those plays and making those throws than he did sitting there at third and 10, third and 11. Um, and, and, I think and so, that's for a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, though. of course it is, yeah. especially one mm-hmm. who's struggling. You right, know, yeah, no you, doubt yeah. about it. And so I think this is a way to take, like you said, take some of that pressure away from him. And then maybe occasionally you throw on first down just to kind of keep the defense honest. And your quarterback's right. not worried about it because he's like, we're going to come back on second down and get five yards. So I'm not worried about it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it just kind of has that mindset to to a quarterback, and I agree with you. Now, here's the thing that concerns me though, Levon, is I threw out some of those stats on Florida State. Florida State's done a better job here. Now, now, granted, they haven't played the best defenses in the world the last three weeks. North Carolina True. has struggled to run the football. Syracuse, though, pretty good. Syracuse, pretty good run uh, defense. So I give them credit there. Are pretty good offense. Um, so. Um, so they did, but they're, they're still, they've gotten better. And they got a guy, number 11, their defensive end, Jermaine Johnson. Um, if you haven't seen this guy, LeVon, um, he's, on, he's, he's all over the place, man. You probably have seen him. He's second in the ACC in sacks. 
and he's uh, tied for third in the ACC in tackles for loss. He's got six and a half sacks, eight and a half uh, tackles for loss. Levon, he's got 45 tackles from his defensive end position, which ranks wow. second on the team. That's, man, a defensive end who's second on your team in tackles, that's – yeah. This guy is going to be. They got to keep their eye on where number eleven is, and they 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 line him up everywhere. He's, you know, he'll 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 bounce back and forth. They'll even put him in the middle sometimes. They'll even have him standing up playing like a middle linebacker spot, like he's the Mike linebacker. They put him all over the place. Your thoughts on what Clemson's got to do to contain him so they can make sure they can try to get this running game going? Well, I I think you have to make sure you're either kind of double teaming him and at some point. Um, you, maybe you're just running away from him. You just got to be aware of where he is. And especially if they're just moving him around like that, they're trying to get him to make some plays. They're trying to see like where your tendencies are as well and put their playmaker there. So I, I think you have to make sure that you either run away from this guy or you, you double team him or you make it really tough for him to make any plays. He seems like a, a all effort kind of guy. And sometimes an all-effort kind of guy, they're really tough to handle. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a concern for the Clemson Tigers um, offense, but they got to get it done. They just simply got to get it done. Now, here's some good news. And we say this, me and you will say this all the time. LeVon, if this group of people are making tackles, it makes you feel good about your chances. Normally, yes. And so if I'm saying that their number one tackler on their team is their safety Jamie Robinson, he's got 48 tackles. That's a good sign for Clemson, am I right? That's normally a good sign because <laughs> he's he's getting above, he's getting beyond the linebacker um, uh, where the linebackers are. So you don't really like your safeties. I, I know I, I don't like my safety to be like the number one tackler. <laughs> you want him maybe fifth at best, but the number one guy, hmm, not a good sign at he's, all. Exactly. So for Clemson, that's a good sign that that tells you that uh, they can get to the second level. You might see Shipley having some big runs if if if, if old Mister Robinson's making tackles out there. So if you hear uh, Jamie Robinson's name called a lot, that means it's a good day for Clemson. That means they're running the football consistently, and the safety's having a couple to make the tackle. Florida State, by the way, they're giving up 158 yards per game on the ground. That's eighth in the ACC. Um, you know, to kind of give you a little comparison, Clemson is ranked uh, number uh, three in the conference, giving up 120 yards per game on the ground. Um, so we'll see. Clemson's also, and we're going to get into that here in just a second, uh, I would think Clemson's going to be a little mad on defense this week, um, by the way, how last week ended. And that kind of is a perfect flow into, speaking of the guy who's going to make sure if they're mad or not, is Brent Venables. I can only imagine what practice has been like for him. Uh, we yeah. got a chance to speak with him earlier this week, and here's the Clemson defensive coordinator on kind of what he has seen change about this Florida State offense the last three last three games. Um, probably eliminating mistakes and turnovers and penalties pre-snap, and again turn the ball over. You know, as we know, that's that'll beat you every time. You know, uh, turnovers uh, is is the is the is a key to winning and losing, uh, protecting the football. So um, being more efficient. You know. Uh, you know, with those two things, just start with that. And uh, but uh, they're doing a great job uh, developing their team and uh, playing a lot better up front. And then running the ball, uh, Jordan Travis and the running backs they got are really good players, very dynamic. Um, and that combination, 
say Syracuse, you had Schrader as a running quarterback and some design QB runs and the, the running backs, the all-purpose guy, leader in the country and all that. These guys are just, they're just, I don't know, if they're more explosive and faster and uh, can really, uh, you can have everything hemmed up the right way and they can still make plays. They got some very dynamic playmakers and uh, the receivers are really making plays now in the tight end, 87 is uh, and four doing a great job. Um, they're doing a good job. They, they've done a really nice job. And again, they're on a three-game winning streak, and uh, I'm feeling good about you know where they're at right now. I and mean, could, as we all saw in the opener against Notre Dame, uh, could easily have won that game. They've been in some tight games and been on the wrong side of it early. And uh, and uh, but uh, they've done a great job here uh, in the last month. All right, that's Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables as he um, talked about what he saw difference in this team. And I, I'm a, it's pretty simple. What's different about them, LeVon? They run the football. Um, yeah. and, and they're running Travis DeRud and Jordan Travis. Their quarterback, he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry or 5.3 basically per carry. Um, you know, and then they, that's allowed things to open up for Corbin, who leads the ACC with, uh, you know, 7.9.4 yards per carry and with Ward, who's right there behind them with 7.3 yards per carry. This team, man, they, they make big plays down the – they make big plays in the running game. It seems simple to stop, right? You stop the running game, you not, you're going to beat them, but that's not as easy said and done, am I right? Uh, of course not <laughs> because there are human beings out there. I, I think what Clemson has to really do, especially on third and long situations, is they're going to be smart as far as the pass rush is concerned. A lot of times they seem to be getting out of their lanes a little bit. They mm -hmm. seem to be rushing wide, trying to make plays. I just think you have to be smart and try to bottle him up in that pocket to make him rush and get panicked to make a decision. I think if you rush wide or you're trying to make a play, he'll find that open lane and he'll make it a frustrating day for you. So now it's third and 15. He's got maybe a first down or got it in a situation where the offense say, hey, we got an opportunity. Let's go for it. Mm -hmm. What's different about Jordan Travis from remember the Notre Dame game where he got benched, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he had a couple of turnovers. What's different about him? Is it because the game has slowed down and he's just seeing things better? What's what's different about him now than what it was that Notre Dame game? It's probably a combination of both. Uh, a lot of things, you know, probably that he has settled down and he understands I'm going to take what the defense gives me. So if I don't see my first or second progression, I'm just going to take off and run, run the ball. Uh, I may get five yards here or there, may break it out for a long one, but we get to live to see another day and we get to be in field position, which is good. If we don't get uh, the first down, we can put it down there where, you know, now you're starting from your 10 yard line. So it's just being a, a lot smarter and being a lot more patient about his play. And you see that their turnovers have gone down a whole lot and they are playing better. If you're Brent Venables and you see they got two running backs that are very, very good, very talented. The offensive line is playing well. They got a quarterback who can run the football. He's not the best passer in the world, but he's athletic. How are you? You're a former linebacker, just like Coach Venables. And you're a defensive coordinator, just like Brent Venables. How do you attack this Florida State team? How do you try to stop them? in this game to slow them down? Well, I, I think you, you, you definitely – I mean, it's, it's so easy to say, you know, load the boxes or whatever like that, put mm -hmm. eight men in the box. 
um, challenge their wide receivers to make plays. But I, I think for Clemson, it's all about it's all about those fundamentals again. I, I don't know if it's scheme per se, but it's about you know defeating your blocker. It's about making the tackle when you have the opportunity to make the tackle, making sure you're not just reaching. And Clemson seems to do that a, a, a bit sometimes where they're locked on the blockers and they're reaching to make tackles. I, I think that if they play fast and aggressive and with a little bit of a mean streak, I think Clemson could um, quite possibly dominate this game. Okay. But Florida State is playing with some confidence. They've won some games. If you get those guys started well and something good happens to them, they're going to feel like they got a chance. And I think that will become a dogfight for Clemson. Is this but a, if I'm if I'm a coordinator, you know, you, you hey, you, you load the box, you you make the you make the passing game beat you. Is this a game where the defense can? Um, you said that you think they can dominate. Is it because that you, they think they can just like it's a good matchup for Clemson's off a defense like this because they're so one dimensional? They're playing a team that just runs the ball, sort of like Syracuse was. Yeah, I, I kind of see it similar to Syracuse because they they can't really throw the ball as well. So I think at any time, if you got a one-dimensional offense, it makes your de- it makes it easier for your defense to understand what they're doing and and really get to the ball and be able to play aggressive. And I, I think with football, you got to be able to play aggressive. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, then nine times out of ten, you're not going to win. But yeah, I think this matches up for Clemson very well. Yeah, and it kind of goes to show uh, Travis is 52 of 83 uh, for 636 yards passing. Nine, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. When you look at Florida State's top receivers, even Clemson, look, Clemson sucked throwing the ball this year, right? I mean, Clemson right. ranks uh, last in the ACC at throwing the ball, 176 yards a game. Florida State's not much better. They're 11th. But here's the thing. With Clemson, you still have two receivers that are over 300 yards. And Joseph wow. Nagata and, and Ross, they both got over 20 catches and over 300 yards. LeVon, Florida State's number one pass catcher. 18 catches for 173 yards. He's a tight end. All right, that's the number one. That's their most catches. Their most yards is 206 yards by Wilson, uh, the wide receiver. He's only got 12 catches. And then uh, another guy, uh, Perchment, has uh, 192 yards on 12 catches. That's it. They don't have a single guy over 300 yards receiving. Yeah, those kind of like high school numbers there. (laughs) Yes, eight games into the season. yeah, they're high school numbers, and it you know it looks a certain way on paper. But like I said before, they're playing with a lot of confidence, and I'm sure they're coming into Death Valley thinking that this Clemson team is really not averaging more than 14 points a game. If they can hold their end up, they th- they probably feel like they got an excellent chance to win. If getting Clemson, you better get them this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, Levon, I ask you now: Clemson will win this game today if. Oh, yeah, Clemson win this game today if they can get more than seven points on the board in the, four, in the first quarter. I feel like if they can get 14 in the first quarter, they have an excellent chance of winning this game. But they have to start off really fast. Okay. I, I like it. I think Clemson wins this game if the running game can average five yards a carry. I, 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 I know that's high. You're like, man, what are you talking about, Will? I mean, this is a – you know, Florida State's done pretty good. I mean, they're not that bad stopping the run. They're giving up uh, four yards a carry. But I just think five yards, like you mentioned earlier, takes the pressure off DJ. And yes. it, really, it really allows the offense to open up a little bit. And I think you can see maybe, you know, uh, 
with Nagata being back and Justin Ross maybe making some plays. Um, I got to think, I, you know, I want to see uh, the tight end, the freshman tight end. Does he come in and make a play? He's going to be playing in this game. Um, and, and, and Jake Brenningston, uh stool. So let's see what he does in his first opportunity to really, really, really play a lot. Um, I liked what I saw last week from him. I think he had one catch and then he had that nice block. So um, maybe Clemson does some little things and having, you know, averaging five yards of carry will open things up on the offense, as we know. Um, so I think that's the key. Clemson will lose the game, LeVon, if. Clemson will lose the game if they continue to average only about 17 and 14 points of, per contest. Mm-hmm. If they do that this week, it's going to be another disappointing week for the Clemson Tigers. They have got to get over. They have got to get – Within, they got to get within 20 to 28 points. They should be able to do that this week, but they lose the game if they can't score more than two touchdowns. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I agree. I'm going to go on the other side. Clemson will lose this game if the defense continues to allow teams to keep the ball and keep getting uh, uh, first downs and third down. Clemson's third down defense right now, LeVon, is the worst I've seen it in some time under Brent Venables. They're giving up 38% of the time they're giving, a, they're giving up a first down on third down. That's They like that number to be like in the low 20s, like around yeah. 20 to 22%. They're at 38% right now. Last week, Pitt was 10 of 17 on third down, including mm-hmm. nine of their last 12. People like, people like give Last week, as I said earlier this week, you, the offense and the defense lost last week's game against Pitt. The defense couldn't get off the field. Right. I want to see Brent Venable's old-style three-and-out defenses. I want to see him getting off the field, frustrating Florida State's offense, and dictating the tone of this game. They were doing that early against Pitt, and then they allowed Pitt off the hook. They got to let him off the hook. And you get yeah. credit for Pitt for doing that. But they got to take advantage of get, and giving that offense, their offense more opportunities because that's the whole key to any game. That's how both teams help each other. And right now, neither team's doing that. Clemson's going three and out on offense, and the defense is staying on the field too long because they can't get people off the field. They're not helping yeah. each other out. That, I think they, I think that's the key stat to me. Oh, no, no question about that. They, the defense definitely has to step it up. And then also, too, I, the one thing that frustrates me, if, you know, when the Clemson offense does score, it seems like a lot of times the defense lets the other team score. Mm-hmm. So that's something, too, that they need to be aware of. Like, if we get seven, this next series, man, we got to get them out. You know, we got to be three and out. We got to make sure that our offense can get the ball because now they got a rhythm, you know. But right. if they but they have been doing this pretty much all year. If someone if, – if Clemson scores, they kind of normally let the other team score as well. So – they got to continue to kind of pound on people a little bit more than what they have on defense. And I think a lot of it is just kind of technique, getting off blockers, being aggressive, attacking the whole time. If they can do that, man, uh, this defense can be really, really good. Totally agree with you. And uh, that's going to be the key. Uh, just get off the field defense, please. That's, that's really what I want to see. I like to see nasty defense. I'd love to see Clemson kind of have that, bring that back to Death Valley this week and, and keep that win streak in the Valley uh, going for another week. Um, speaking of that win streak and speaking of what they got to do, uh, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, he addressed the media earlier this week and he talked about this game and what it means and 
what the Tigers got to do to play complimentary football? Uh, very different. Very different. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with some basics. Uh, some very basics, especially, you know, some of the things we're doing out at receiver. And last week, you know, we had a Joe who's basically a freshman, you know, and Bo, who I love and who's getting better. And, and he had Justin. And, and so just to really, Dakari's a true freshman. Uh, and that's, that's what we got. So, you know, you, you, last year we had a fifth-year guy and a fourth-year guy and, and, you know, a, a, a quarterback that's the first pick in the draft that's very, very experienced and it's different conversations. Five offensive linemen with a lot of continuity. Uh, so that's that's where we are. So, you know, but it's it, it'll – they're going to get because we got good kids. We got good kids, and uh, you know the injuries have been a problem because we got a lot of guys that are missing some opportunity. Um, you know, Taquan would have helped us. John Williams would have helped us. Dietrich would have had a chance, I think, to be a starter for for us. Um, you know what a what a what a talented freshman he is, and uh, so you know it's unfortunate that those guys haven't been able to 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 get the work. But but you know these young guys, man, Marcus Tate, hey. He's going to be special. You know, T.O. is getting better. Rayburn, redshirt sophomore, you know, starting to really come on for us. Trotter's doing some good things. Uh, McFadden's had a great year. You know, he's had a great year. Uh, he really has. Uh, proud of him. Walker Parks, uh, I thought he did not play well against, uh, I guess, Syracuse. And, uh, but, but, man, he bounced back. And uh, he's had a very solid year as well. He's a young sophomore, first-year starter. So you know we've got some good things happening, and uh, but as far as how you coach them, I mean it's it's the very basics of of their position and the basics of what we do on offense. Now you've spoken so much about the youth of this team. So many of these guys have grown up. The guys you're counting on. So many of them have grown up really only associating Clemson with with dominance and success. Do you think some of that plays into them pressing on the field at all? Uh, sure, yeah, because you know it's a lot of a lot of outside noise out there and it's 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 tough on these guys uh but that's part of learning and part of growing too you know uh, as i said i mean you you almost have to relearn how to win uh in, in some we have a plan to win and it, well i guess they take it out of here but it's uh you know we have a plan to win and learning how to execute that plan to win you know uh and how how important the little things are uh, and you know, but they're—that's our job as coaches. You know, you know, it's just just teaching those things and instilling those things in, in, in the proper way. And and sometimes the best way to learn is is you know you got to touch the stove. Uh, sometimes that's the best way to learn. All right, that's Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney as he kind of gets you ready for today's game against Pitt. Um, excuse me, against Pitt against Florida State. Uh, we, were, we were talking pit just a second ago, hitting that. had a brain cramp there. Um, LaVon, go ahead and tell me what you think is going to happen in this game and your prediction um, for this game. Well, I, I really believe that Clemson should win this game. I, 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 I have confidence they could. So I'm going to say it's going to be maybe 28 to 10 Clemson victory. Look at that, four touchdowns, LaVon. I like it because that's what you just said. You said they got to score more than 20 points. They got to score some touchdowns, three or four touchdowns. You're staying with with it. I like it, 28 to 10. Good pick. I'm with you, too, in the sense I think Clemson's going to win this game. Um, I would love to see them get 28 points, but I don't believe that's going to happen right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, call me a negative guy until I see it. 
But I do believe Clemson's going to win this game. I think they'll do enough on offense, and I think the defense will bounce back this week after playing as poorly as it did last week against Pitt. And, yes, they did. Uh, people argued me with me on the on the, uh, Twitter last week, LeVon, when I said Clemson played its worst game. And they were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, all blaming the offense for everything. And I'm like, dude, the offense was on the field. The defense was on the field at the end of the first half. Well, Clemson score was, what, 7 nothing. They give up a touchdown right before halftime. Yeah. Two touchdowns right before halftime. That's on the defense. That ain't on the offense. You know, yeah. you know, that's on the defense, you know, giving up a 90 yard drive and then a 75 yard drive right before halftime. That's on them. And then Clemson's offense is on the field for the first nine minutes of the second of the third quarter. So the defense is on the field. They're rested. Clemson gets a score. And what does the defense do? It's 21 10. They get like you said, they got a chance to get a stop and get the ball back. They're rested. They allow Pitt to go down another 11 play drive and kick a field goal to kind of kill the momentum of the game for Clemson. Defense yeah. has got to get off the field. I think they will. I think they'll show up better in this game. I'm going to say Clemson 24, Florida State 13. By the way, Clemson still, LeVon, has not given up more than two touchdowns in regulation on defense. Uh, last oh, week, they only, they only gave up two touchdowns to Pitt last week, and that was both came in the second quarter. Um, this time, I think they keep it at 13, 24-13 is mine. So um, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate all you guys listening out there. Um, hopefully Clips is able to do what me and LeVon said and they, they bring home a Clemson win uh, today over Florida State uh, for LeVon Kirkland I'm Will Vandervoort we appreciate you guys listening and we will talk to you next week on Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland Thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.